Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have channeler Robin Jelinek, and Robin channels Athena. And Robin's story of how she became a channel is fascinating, but the knowledge and information that Athena says on the show is a message that I think everybody in the world needs to hear. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Robin Jelinek. How are you doing, Robin? Good. Hi. How are you doing? How, how's, 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 uh, I think you're on vacation at this point in, in the day. I am. I'm at uh, an all-inclusive resort in Turks and Caicos celebrating our 50 years since we met, my husband and I. Well, congratulations. Well, somebody has to go there. I mean, you know, it's, thank you for taking the, the bullet for us and, yes. and it, <laughs> going there. Well, listen, I'm so glad. I'm so glad to have you on. We've been trying to do this for a while now, so I'm so glad we finally were able to get uh, get going and and I'm I'm fascinated with your uh, your story and also uh, Athena in Truth, uh, who is the group that you channel. But before we get to any of that, what was your life like prior to your awakening and Athena in Truth? Um, well, I was a, a we had small business that we ran, and I was mother of two children, and so my life was pretty full with that up till my early 40s. And then my kids both went to college. And, um, you know, I from my early 20s on, I was always interested in metaphysics, always reading books, trying to catch my husband going out the door to work to tell him about what I had read. And he'd say, you know, catch me in another maybe 20 years when I have time to listen to that. It wasn't that he was opposed to it, but it was just a busy time in our lives then. So it was just a hobby, something I just loved reading about, just really enjoyed all of the Sylvia Brown books, The Course in Miracle, you know, just everything, everything I get my hands on to read, I really liked. And then I would say um, when I hit my early 40s, that's when my kids were gone. So I had a lot more uh, time on my hands to delve into things that I enjoyed. And so I really got more into practices and reading more books about all different topics. And um, I ended up having an experience. It was a Kundalini awakening experience that happened in my early 40s. And that was just a, a really confirming moment for me. You know, up till then, I had read about all this stuff and, you know, something in me believed it. But to actually get concrete evidence and proof to actually, you know, hear each one of the centers, feel them as the Kundalini rised, I felt the piercing of it, you know, inside my body. And, you know, the whole experience was just otherworldly. And I'm not really a woohoo kind of person. So for me to get that, it was um, really a gift, I have to say. It really opened me up to uh, a lot of things that I had read about. The belief really expanded in me. And then there was just, um, you know, lots of 
upheaval after that. You probably hear about people going through what they call a dark night of the soul. And it I would very much say there was a period of time like that for several years. Everything just lost its luster. You know, you just didn't really enjoy the things that you would normally enjoy. And um, you just kind of were on this search of spirituality. But yet there, with that came this false belief that if you were really a good spiritual person, you probably wouldn't drink a glass of wine and you probably, you know, would never talk about anybody and you probably would do all the right things and be perfect, right? That's what you think. And so I I held very much held that belief. And I think part of that, maybe looking back on it now, that's really what's tied into that because all that really happens in this process is this love of self that everybody talks about. It's just basically unaccepting um, view of yourself that you're always going to have um, what you would deem as a human as shortcomings. They're all they're not going away just because you're on a spiritual path. Mine aren't gone just because I'm every day I think, oh, you're still here. I guess, well, you know, apparently I'm good enough. So that's kind of what you learn is that there is no getting perfect. There's just accepting the human experience and who you are and being okay with that. And then what happens, that's when you really um, start to unravel or sink into your divinity is it, it's it's a given it's not something that you get because you're perfect it's something that you you just get so well let me ask you i want to dive in a little bit to the kundalini awakening because i've heard i've had other people who've had kundalini awakenings on the show before can you explain mm -hmm. what happens are you just like you know cooking dinner one day and all of a sudden huh, it pops huh. off are you in meditation what how when how does it actually how do you set yourself up for it and then Yes. What is the exact experience like? Um, well, so what I know now and what I knew then are kind of two different things. So back then I was pursuing it. I, I had an interest in it and why that was. I think I know now um, from what I've learned from the group that I channel is this was the time, the ripening time or, you know, everyone has this this time that it's going to occur or happen. And so you think that the things that you did are what caused it or that you're chasing it, but really it's just, it's chasing you is basically what happens. That's how the interest starts and everything. And so um, that that's how I would explain that. So I was very much doing a breathwork practice. I was trying to clean out my chakras. I had read some books about it. Uh, I think the book was by DeLong. It was called Ancient Teachings for Beginners. And it had a lot of practices in there that really resonated with me. And I really liked it. There were actually two, one was uh, advanced teaching and one was just the beginner's teaching. Teaching. And so I would do that practice every night before I would go to bed. I would just go through each one of my chakras and imagine it expanding and breathing into it and that it would spin clockwise. And I would keep moving the energy up to the top. And this particular, and I was doing that every night for maybe five to 10 minutes before I would go to bed, nothing too lengthy. And this particular night, I barely started the practice. And an odd thing happened. I My arm shot up in the air, which I've never done that. It was like I reached out for something and it was like a strike of lightning. That's the only way I can explain it. And so that came down through my arm and kind of rattled me. And that was when I heard the spinning, the sound of them engaging. It was just like when you start pumping up a top or something, the spinning started. And it started at the base of my spine and it, it took off. And I, I actually felt like it, I know why they call it a snake, because it felt like something going up. And then as it hit each one of the centers, I think I had a lot of blockages because I wasn't probably, quote unquote, prepared for that. You know, I wasn't uh, doing a lot of spiritual practices or eating right or exercise, doing everything right. Let's just say that. But it so it as it went up, uh, you know, it'd be a little bit sharp, like I wouldn't call it like really 
bad pain, but it was definitely there was some pain with it as it would hit one. If it was blocked, it would kind of back up and hit again until it would make its way through. And so it, it, you know, it finally did that. And, and my thought on it is, I think when it reached uh, probably around the throat area, because I probably wasn't fully prepared for that experience, it veered off. But I still had, um, I felt it come back down. It feels like a hot lava running through the centers, a whooshing sound. And so I very much felt it coming back down my body. But I can only surmise that um, from what I have a knowing of that for some reason it couldn't make the full ascent on the way up. So what happened was a couple of years later, I had another experience and this time it came down through the crown of my head and it felt like something clamped on. And, you know, you just kind of know, I don't know how you know, but you, I just knew what it was. And so it came down that way and it was just so loud and so much vibration. And then it, I felt it break through and then I felt that lava kind of come, you know, through. And that was kind of like the confirmation, oh, this is that kundalini coming the other way. And so right after that happened, that what I referred to as the dark night of the soul, it started to shift. It started to go away and I started to enjoy things that I used to enjoy and, you know, started accepting myself more and feeling like, you know, I don't have to be perfect. I'm never probably going to be perfect. And there was just this realization that, um, the realization is the realization really of what you are, that you are both a human and a divine uh, being. You're both. And and so you, when you get attached to your human and you identify as that, you're in judgment and condemnation. And the spirit part of you can't connect to that lowered vibratory view of yourself. So when you get rid of that and you just decide that you are enough and that you don't need to be perfect... We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. You come up enough that the two can join and you get what everybody can get. It's your natural state of alignment. And that's the way I would explain that experience. That's a really great explanation of it. Um, But then all of a sudden you start hearing voices uh, in your head. Hmm. Um, Did you think you were going nuts? (laughs) Well, it wasn't all of a sudden, it was 20 years, but the yeah. odd part about it was I had a knowing. I didn't oh. share it with anyone, but I really felt like it was going to happen. I was very interested in channeling. Sure. I liked to watch it. I liked to listen to it. I had a very good friend that was a channeler that I had spoken to. And so the whole thing was like very intriguing to me. So part of me thinks that just like anything else, when you want to become, you know, like you, whatever it is you do, or a doctor or a lawyer, whatever it is, uh, you have a passion for it and a desire to make it come into fruition. And so I can't help but think all that love of it, maybe, maybe that uh, added to this experience. But I also know that I'm a little different than um, some of the channelers because I have the group that I'm channeling, Athena and Truth uh, group, but this consciousness uh, of the kundalini energy is really separate from that. So it it has the uh, a really transformational um, uh, energy about it. So people are very lifted by that when you're in exchange with them. And that's one of the reasons that the group tells me um, I was an attractive candidate for them because they like that that energy it gives them. Uh, it's kind of like uh, it's a conduit. The only way I can explain that kundalini energy is it is very much electrical. And so somehow it blows you open. It opens up all of those nadis, all of those energy centers, and it gives uh, uh, probably another uh, group of entities like I am channeling more access to run more energy. So you 
the transmissions are, they're really growing and unfolding and getting different. And I'm having new energies enter. Not that I really bother to name them anymore. It doesn't really matter. Um, but just to give you a little bit of an idea, it, it definitely uh, raises the ante as far as the energy level goes. Yes, yeah, kind of like the 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 uh, conduits open. It opens yes. wider and wider. The pipes are wider, so more yeah. energy can flow through. Yeah, and that kind of has the ability um, to flow into other people. So it's not a practice that I've begun yet, but I've been told, and there are people who actually are able to transfer that chat key energy into others. Mm -hmm. They can actually open them up or get their centers opened by being in the presence of those that have already opened them. And it's not me doing it. It's the energy that does it. So that's kind Kind of the basis behind people that have kundalini awakenings is their spreaders or um, uh, ones that are spreading uh, to others so that in this uh, time that we have right now where consciousness is really raising a lot of people are talking about 5d 3d the difference and really all the difference is is your level of ability of what you can hold in your consciousness and so um, the, the more uh, that this energy starts to permeate people by people like me and others and that are um, having these awakenings, uh, the more uh, levels of consciousness are going to rise and and that these uh, this 5D reality that everybody's talking about, it's just going to be a, another way of perceiving your environment that presently you're not able to. So the first time they start talking to you, what mm -hmm. you, I know you have a knowing, but yeah. I imagine it's still a little... A little freaky. How are you yeah. like? How did how did you deal with it? How did you process it? Well, um, here's another thing. It it feels natural. I thought um, when I would see other channelers, wow, when it happened, they probably were just like jaw dropped. It had to sure. be like the bookcase tipping over, and it really wasn't like that at all. Like if you realized right now that you're channeling uh, Alex, you are something far beyond what you think you are, mm -hmm. and that this personality that is you is using the vehicle. It, it's using the human tool, they call it, um, to transmit through. So basically, when I step aside, something else just uses my tool, but it feels very natural. It doesn't feel any different than how you feel right now, mm -hmm. sitting there talking. And so I just kind of, um, it just happens. I just remove my consciousness and something else takes over. And it doesn't feel um, foreign. It doesn't really feel that way. And so I think that would be something that people could miss even. You know, for me, um, I had a lot of mudras or uh, spontaneous hand movements, lots of this kind of stuff, which I didn't know what it was. And this was going on a long time before um, the group ever arrived. And so whenever I would sit down in quiet time, it was just this beautiful dance. I'm not a good dancer either, by mm -hmm. the way. So there were all these things that were happening and I didn't recognize them. I thought, what is this? You know, I, I had no idea what it was. And I started to Google, what are what are the automatic mudras or what what is this, you know? And so then I realized, okay, that was coming from the Kundalini energy. So there's always these two things I'm dealing with because I, I have the group of Athena and truth, but then I also have this other thing that's going on. It's like two separate uh, consciousness. Everyone, by the way, has kundalini energy in their body. So mm -hmm. everybody has that consciousness and whether they activate it now or whenever they do, the way that it will run will be the same. If you look up anybody that has activated their kundalini, they're all doing these things. They're all having the same unfoldment um, that I am. And I would say uh, a large percentage, if not all, uh, become channelers who have activated their kundalini. However, there are many channelers who uh, have not activated their kundalini and they, they become channelers. So it's not a necessity, but when it does happen, it does seem to precipitate itself towards that. So um, I got a little off topic there, 
What was I? Where was I headed with that well, question? Well, so I'll, I'll I'll take you to the next question because you answered the question I originally asked. Okay. So what was? When did you decide to come out of the closet, if you will, this channeling mm-hmm. closet? Because huh. again, like I've said to so many channelers who come on the show, I, this clears a room. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so how did you deal with that? Oh well, to be honest, I'm not really out of the closet. I, here I am, you know. I, I'm <laughs> writing a book, and I'm on your show and a couple of other shows, and I do a YouTube and and uh, a lot of uh, recordings on podcasts. Um, you know, I don't run around telling people what I do. Uh, it's really funny because they do let me know who I can share it with and who I can't. And sometimes the people that I think that I could share it with, and I've done it against their advice, and it hasn't turned out well. <laughs> So, um, you know, I just, I really don't go around looking to tell people. I just do my thing. And if they discover me, you know, they're probably maybe going to say something or maybe they have and they haven't said something. And, you know, I just feel like it's, it's, it's been one of those things when they talk about a rise in consciousness where I just don't really think about it anymore or worry about it. And therefore, it doesn't seem to be a problem for me. And, you know, I have my family who I'm very close to, my two sons, my daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, uh, you know, my husband who very open, a sister that works with me on a lot of my work stuff. So that's enough for me. And I, I don't feel a need to go. I don't want to um, change anyone's beliefs or try to sure. jam somebody something down somebody's fault that may not be in alignment with what their spiritual right. beliefs are. So I just let people find me that want to find me and i don't try to sell myself to anyone outside of that guess well uh there'll be a few more people who are going to discover you after this conversation i have a feeling (laughs) so um you said uh would would athena in truth would like to come out and and play if you will answer answer oh yeah she would like to come out and play (laughs) uh we know that you know that we are not shy. Yes. yes. Uh, Robin is what is called a conscious channeler. And what is that really? Well, she doesn't really know exactly what it is that uh, is being transmitted as we are talking, but we are ever present or always there. Why is that? The moment that we arrived, uh, you did ask a question she didn't answer, by the way. How did she know we were there? We sat her up and breathed her body. She was a little mm-hmm. surprised. She knew she was not the one that had drawn the breath. You see, we told her if you want to feel confidence, this is what it feels like. This is the question that she had posed to us. She said, I am nearly 63 years old, but yet I still am not confident. What is it that I am missing? What is it that I could do to acquire that feeling of real confidence? And so as she felt us breathe her, as we sat up and as she felt the presence of myself, Athena, she knew for the first time what it felt like to be a woman in her confidence. What is it that we could speak with you today that would be of interest to you? Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and answering these questions. My first question is, what is life like for a soul on the other side, pre-incarnation? Uh-huh. We get this question a lot, and it is quite funny, because we were talking to Robin the other day, because she's having some expansive things going on. There are lots of bodily movements, there's lots of energy running through her body, lots of uh, circular motions with her head, the kundalini energy is quite active at this time, and it is something that surges uh, for a period of time, and then it will subside once in a while. And so she posed the question to us, am I changing? Is something going to happen? Am I going to be doing this differently? Or is there new energy entering? And we said to her, why would you think that we would be born in you and that we would always stay the same? Are you not changing? Are you not growing? Are you not expanding? Do you think that when you leave this earth plane that you're somehow satisfied to not be expanding? You are not, you see. The consciousness that is running through your body 
will continue to run whether it is in your body or not. And it is still wanting to learn. It is wanting to expand. And it is forever growing and doing that. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. So what is the process of preparing for an incarnation? You are preparing for it right now. This is what's so funny about a human. We're going to laugh a little bit. What do you think you're doing in your everyday desires, in your thoughts, and in your feelings that you are sending out? You are creating the life you will live in the coming lives, you see. Mm-hmm. How you respond, how you react, how you feel how you interact with the souls that you are interacting with. This is what will bring to you or formulate the next life that you will live. Somehow you think you are joining those around the table and you are sitting down and planning some type of fictitious experience that you are going to come and have. That's not what you're doing. You are constructing the life based upon the way you think and feel in the life you are in. Doesn't that make a whole lot sense to you than the idea that somehow you would be planning some kind of a random event that you had no input in that would have no meaning of? But on the other side, when you are still in spirit, are you sitting down creating a blueprint based on former lives to experience in this life. And sometimes you deal with former lives from four, <clears throat> four or five times, years, four or five yes. lifetimes ago, as opposed to the one you just had, and you yes. keep, keep exploring and keep growing. What is that process like? Do you have a, a group yes. of elders? Do you have assistance? Uh-huh. You know, how is that? It is like uh, Robin is getting the, the visual of the old player piano, yes, where yes. Uh, the song just keeps playing and playing and it keeps going and going. And this is very similar. This is a good analogy to how it is that your life uh, will unfold. Uh, what you are asking about elders, yes, we have heard this terminology before, yes. But what we would really tell you is that uh, you are in a soul group or uh, a connective group that is likened to you in the level of uh, energy or uh, emanation that you are, you see. And so that group of you that are interacting in the lives that you are living, uh, you will very much be working on uh, things that are going to expand you or that have possibly, quite possibly, held you back in other experiences that you have had. But make no mistake about it, all of you are interacting together and all of you are in in your present moment, in your now moment. This is why we talk about this so often, how important your now is, is because this is the place where changes are made. This is the place where the life is formed and where everyone can uh, choose in their free will, how it is that they would like the life to unfold rather than coming back time and time again and reliving or re-experiencing something that they are stuck in. It's usually a pattern or a way uh, of reacting that they keep carrying with them from lifetime to lifetime. And they keep trying different angles or avenues in order to transcend that or get out of that stuck pattern that they are in, you see. So we would not necessarily agree with the concept that there is a group of elders that are sitting down telling you, per se, what it is that you have to do and need to do, because it is already apparent by the thoughts and feelings and circumstances and situations that you have created in the life that you are living, what it is you will be experiencing in the upcoming lives, you see. Mm -hmm. So then what happens when a soul goes off track? when they are supposed to be doing certain lessons or certain paths that they were uh, originally agreed upon when it, the contract, if you will, and they yes. decide because we have free will, right? Yes. We, we go a different direction. What happens to that? 
soul yes. at that point. We would tell every human that there is nothing that you are experiencing that is not going to be for your betterment, for your growth as a soul, you see. Mm -hmm. And you do have this free will. But if there is something lodged within you or there is something that occurs that you are deeming, we would venture to say you are deeming as a negative, this is an avenue or a place that you need to feel. It is something that you need to expand upon, expound in, you see, in order for you to uh, get what it is you are wanting to get out of the life experience you are in. Perhaps you are a soul that is going along, as you said, and then you veer off track. We wouldn't really call that veering off track because the free will that you have is for exploration. It is for you to decide, this is an area I need to explore or something that needs to expand within me. And then oftentimes this will be, as a human would de deem it, something negative. You have to realize in all that is, there is only energy. Nothing is deemed as positive or negative. We receive the charge of energy from the emotion that you are emitting by the experience you are having. And then we simply return unto you, or you unturn unto you, yes? Mm -hmm. uh, what it is that is a match to what it is you are releasing. You can experience things over and over again in the negativity that you launch them in, or you can decide as you feel that negativity to do what we do, to transmute the energy and decide, how is it that I want to feel? What is it that I want because of the experience that I have experienced the negativity in? And now you, as the high part of yourself, chooses in your free will to feel good rather than become, be staying in the lodged emotion that you are in in negativity, you can transcend that energy and transmute it to something that is very expansive and very much to your liking. It is what we do in all that is. We say to a human all the time, what are you really doing? You are aligning to yourself when you become positive and then all of the things that you have really wanted by all of the experiences that you have had become available to you. It is This is what alignment is. It is you matching the energy level of all that is, you see. So the problem with the human is they keep staying in the negative tone. They think that that negative experience is the creative value that they must accept, but it is not. You can choose in that moment, what have I become because of this? What am I wanting in all that is because of this? And choose that and then materialize that upon the earth plane. Well, let me ask you, why would a soul or an eternal soul, want to incarnate in the first place? Let us ask you this, yes? Mm -hmm. As you come into the body of Alex as a small child, mm -hmm. Robin is using the analogy when she was a little girl, she used to ride the snowmobile around and around and around and around mm -hmm. the same path in her yard. Mm -hmm. Pretty soon, that path became very boring. It was not expansive. Everything in the universe is expanding, you included, everything, you see, and you'll never be satisfied standing still or not growing. It is the natural way of the universe. If you were to check with any scientist that you have, they would all tell you saying, this is an ever expanding universe that you are a part of, and you are no different from it. So we want to continuously grow and evolve and get, absolutely. I'm assuming, closer to source energy, to God. You are God. Yeah. How can you get any closer than that? <laughs> you are a piece of the divine, having a human experience, and you will have many experiences in many different realms, but you will always be the same God that you are now. So can, can a soul live multiple lives at the same time? Yes, it can. Can you explain? 
without blowing our heads apart. <laughs> we are presently uh, residing in consciousness. Mm-hmm. Consciousness is not in the body, but it still exists, you see. And that consciousness can be projected to many different places or planes, you see. Right now, you are focused as a human in the present consciousness that you are a part of. But that does not mean that that focus is limited to or contained in it. Interesting. Well, do we, each of us have a destiny or a purpose here that we need to discover in an incarnation? This is a question that we get uh, asked from time to time. And we would tell you that every single feeling, every emotion, every experience, no matter how big or how small, is of value. It means something. And so we don't categorize uh, one experience as being greater than or better than any other. Robin finds it quite odd that what she does, she's choosing the phrase means nothing to her. That's not how she means it. Mm -hmm. But she means she doesn't feel any difference of it. She doesn't feel special because of it. She just knows that this is her expression for the life that she is in, you see. And so we think that all expressions are value. And we would not value the expression of channeling any greater than we would the expression of what it is you're doing before us. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you, when a soul decides to take its own life, what happens to that soul? Is that a break of contract? What actually happens? Uh, the soul simply uh, withdraws and then reemerges into uh, the one consciousness of what you call your God or all that is. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And contrary to what you have heard, it is not a wrathful or punishing or punitive God. You see, there is no punishment. There is no reckoning that anyone is going to be charged with by withdrawing from a life experience that they wish not to be a part of. We know that many humans uh, are not going to like to hear this because in your human plane, punishment uh, is something that is uh, believed in or agreed to, you see. So let me ask you this then, how can we overcome the fear that controls many of our lives, many of people's lives is this fear of not being able to move forward, fear of, mm-hmm. you know, things yeah. of just stopping you from moving forward. Yes. Uh, we recently had a gentleman ask us during an interview, uh, what was the opposite of love, you see? And we would tell you that the opposite of love is the complete and 100% knowing that you are in control of your life, you see. When one really understands, fear goes right out the window. It is the fear that things are out of control, that somehow something is going to uh, attack you or control you, of which you have no control over. We have many people who we have uh, had sessions with who are uh, spiritual uh, advocates or desirers, let's say, 
and they dabble in many of these uh, arts where they are trying to attract a spirit to themselves. And they're very fearful. They're asking us if there's something evil out there, if there's something that they need to worry about or be afraid of. And we said, is this your belief? Are you afraid? Because this is the attractive quality to that type of entertainment, you see. When you decide that you are not afraid and that you are the controller, the determiner, the picker, the chooser of the life that you are living, that fear will go right out of the window, you see. It's only there as you believe in it, as you perceive it to be so. But if you decide not to, you will become the love that you are. Well, do you have any advice on how we can connect more deeply with the divine while we are in the physical plane? Absolutely. Love yourselves. Robin used to hear this, love herself. What is it? How am I going to do it? Am I supposed to get a massage? Am I supposed to uh, take a long walk and allow myself time every day? No. You're supposed to accept yourself. You're supposed to know that you are a human. This tool that you are occupying is on a contrasting plane. It's going to have preferences and desires, but you have a choice. You can decide to become the negative experience that you feel, or you can implement that high part of yourself and think to yourself, now I will choose. I will move from that negativity and I will decide how I want to feel because of this negative experience that I have had. This is the choice that you have as a human, you see. Once you start doing this, you really start to love yourself, start to accept yourself. You start to know you are worthy, that there's no pedestal that anyone should be on, that nobody's better than anybody else, no matter what it is they are doing or how it is they are behaving. That's a hard pill for you humans to swallow, isn't it? You have so much judgment, so much idea of how people should behave and what they should or should not do. But all that matters is how the one feels truly about themselves. As long as they are congruent with the way that they feel about themselves, they will come into alignment with what they have become by the experiences that they have contributed. Notice we said contributed. Every experience that you give is a contribution to the expansion of all that is. You are a contributor, you see. That's all you agreed to. You didn't agree to come in here and be perfect. You didn't agree that you would never do anything wrong and that somehow you would have this floating cloud that you are on with a halo around your head. This is not truth. This is not how it is meant to be. You are an experiencer, a warrior, a challenger, a trier, a worker, a lover. You are all these things. Where did a human get the idea to flatline? We've heard this too. Ah, don't get overexcited about anything. Just flatline. Then you won't have these ups and downs but then you will not experience what it is you came here to experience, you see. But you do have to choose. You have to get this idea. Why are we here? We're asking a question for you, sorry. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. but we are here because we want humans to know that they can pick and choose how they're going to feel about the life experiences they're having and therefore create a lovely experience for themselves and others that are on this plane with them, you see. So why do we beat ourselves up so much? Why are we our worst enemy and not our best friend? It is uh, difficult. We are not saying it's easy to feel these emotions. They can sting. They get your attention. You get lodged in them. 
But little by little, as humans start to hear what it is that we are bringing in the transmissions we are doing, they start to question or recognize how stuck in them they are, how connected to being a human they are. And they start to implement this high part of themselves. And they start to know, hey, it matters how I emanate. I'm, it's getting returned on over and over again. And it's okay because the answer will keep being upped or the experiences will keep coming and they'll get stronger and stronger in the areas that you need to move out of or the patterns that you are stuck in. So it's going to get your attention sooner or later. But we're recommending that you get that uh, piece of mail now that you just start to notice, I don't feel good right now. How would I like to feel? Believe me, there's something behind it that you would like to feel. And then you make that statement to yourself. I had this experience because I really want this. And I'm going to move to that now because as I emanate that, I will align with all that is and I will receive that. I will receive something that will bring me to the feeling of what it is I am wanting to feel. Many will say, I wanted this certain house or this certain mate or this one thing and I didn't get it. I got something else. But we're going to promise you one thing. You're going to get something that makes you feel the way that you really want to feel from all that is. So can you explain the concept of karma to people? Yes, we can. Karma is cause and effect. That's all it is, you see. You're going to, whatever you cause, there's going to be an effect. And it's going to come by the feeling. It's not going to come, uh, so you break into a car and you take someone's uh, iPhone out of the car. No, your car isn't necessarily going to get broken into and taken out of your car. But something is going to happen that you value just as much as that person valued will be taken from you. Maybe it's the health of someone that you love. Maybe that's where your value is. We don't know, but karma knows. Karma aligns. Karma picks the complete and perfect match to what it is you have encountered and what you will encounter in return. But it is not is that a, clear. It is clear, but it's not a punishment. It is, it is about, not. It's about it is cause and effect. It is the natural way of the universe. You see, you have to understand this universe that you live in, this one thing of which you are a part of, is simply mirroring back to you exactly what it is that you give off, you see. Now, can you explain the concept of family karma? Yes. Uh, there are many who are close in families, and we would use the alcoholism. Let's use that as an example, where uh, perhaps there are many relatives that have come and gone, and with this problem and done nothing with it, you see. And then perhaps one will be born uh, with this thing. We believe you call it inheritance. We would call it more uh, being transferred for, through the energy centers, through the feelings and emotions that those that have uh, been stricken with it have had, you see. Mm -hmm. And so another one may come and he may heal that wound. He may get over it or decide that this is not something that he is going to want to continue uh, the pattern in. The minute that energy is transmuted by him, that is uh, removed or taken from the lineage, you see. It is a great uh, 
endeavor that one will go through in many of these situations that are uh, deemed as inheritable or uh, something that a human has no control over. But basically, uh, if this were the case, then why would it be born into one child and not another? You see, it is a decision. It is a choosing that one has uh, that they will take this on or transmute this energy in the life that they are in. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Let me, I'd love to ask you what happens when you evolve beyond the lessons that you can learn in the physical realm, like an ascended master, a Jesus, a Buddha, these, mm-hmm. these kind of uh, souls. What is the next level? What is the next step for that kind of soul? You are a never ending, ever expanding being. And we are somewhat, to some degree, uh, expanded a little beyond where you are in your present focus. Mm-hmm. Let's use that term. Yes. And there will always be something or another, what you would humans would deal as another level. Humans like to look at these things as a place or they call them dimensions or uh levels of consciousness is what we would like to refer them to because basically what it is is your ability to perceive expands and as that ability expands so do you this is how you rise this is how your uh present environment goes to another level of what you would deem because humans like to use something uh solid yes Mm -hmm. uh so your perception right now your ability in your uh, consciousness is holding you in the 3D reality that you are in, you see. But as you begin to believe you are the creator, you are this God that we are telling you are, you are have the ability to not be fearful that you can create and bring to yourself what it is that you want, your consciousness will start to expand. And now you move up a level or, or a, a dimension level, as you would call it. We don't really like to call it dimension levels. It's just an expansion of your consciousness is basically what you were talking about. And so your Buddha, your Jesus, whatever you, uh, whatever character you would like to bring, they are expanding their consciousness and that will never end. That will, that will level of consciousness will continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. It is eternal, you see. So how can we co-create our reality with God, with Source? You can move out of condemnation and judgment of yourself first, because then very naturally you will stop doing it to others. It always has to begin at home. This is how you do it, you see. And you don't do it because you think you have to be perfect or that somehow you're not going to ever do anything wrong. You understand that as you accept yourself in what you are deeming as an imperfection, your consciousness will rise and your behavior will change. It will become better and better and better and more in alignment with who you really want to be. There'll be no work for you to do. It's an automatic. But you can't get from A to B. You can't get from uh, low self-esteem, low uh, worth, judgment of self, condemnation of self. You can't get the connection to the high part of yourself as you hold yourself in that lowered view or that lowered level of consciousness. So our advice is you just start to love yourself as you are. You just start to accept this 3D reality, this human experience that you are in, 
agree to it. And we're not telling you to be happy with bad behavior, but you have to forgive it. And in order for you to rise in your consciousness and to get that connection that you're talking about, you'll have to forgive yourself for the things that the human does. And as you do this, this is when your consciousness will expand. And this expansion is where the divinity is. Beautiful answer, my, my friend. Beautiful, beautiful answer. Um, can you explain to the people what the Akashic Records are? Because there's a lot of misinformation about that. Once again, uh, we are giving Robin the view of a room uh, with uh, volumes and volumes of books and the ladders. She's saying she saw it on a TV show, you see. Mm -hmm. uh, everything that has ever existed for every soul still exists and is accessible uh, to them, yes? Uh, it is not quite like books, as you are stating it. It is more uh, uh, emotive value, or uh, we are looking for a term to make you understand. Every time you recall an experience, let's give you this uh, analogy. If there were no emotion with it, what would the experience mean? Mm. Would it mean anything? I understand. I understand. It would mean nothing, you see. Yeah. So for people to describe the Akashic records as words doesn't mean a whole lot because without the emotion, without what went with it, there's nothing to tell, you see. But most of those who read the records or uh, connect to the energy of those that have expended, they get the emotion with it. And this is the telling uh, or the thing, the learning thing that a human deposits for themselves. You see, did that answer your question? It did. It did. Now, can you explain to the audience what a spirit guide is? And how do they help us in our incarnation? Spirit guides can be many things. They can be the high part of yourself, uh, as you call out to it for uh, guidance or advice or whatever it is you are searching for. And there are those that you have incarnated with who are ever so happy uh, to be able to uh, signal you in some fashion or form in order to give you the help of what it is that you are asking for. So these uh, spirit guides, as you would call them, are more of a tapping into or a connecting to uh, the energy of those that you have been in union with before and who are ever so willing to offer you guidance and advice as you were calling for it, you see. Why did we decide to reincarnate in this time in history? There is a great change that is coming in the world that you are living in. And we have people say to us, uh, people have to get on board. They have to uh, clean up their acts. Yes, let's use that term. And we uh, want you to know that this is an all-inclusive resort that you are living here on. 
in this earth plane that you are on. And that as people rise in their consciousness, uh, just as Robin was explaining the Kundalini energy, as more and more people awaken this divine energy within themselves, it is a contagion. It is something that others in the presence of or the interaction with or just the mere walking through a crowd, it is spreading. It is permeating your environment, whether you are knowing of it or not, you see. And so this is going to be a very uh, exciting time for humans to understand it's not going to be pie in the sky anymore. It's going to be a manifestation. It's going to become quickened. It's going to become uh, very easy for a human to materialize what it is they are wanting to materialize on the earth plane once this energy is fully um, infiltrated into the earth plane. It's going to become humans knowing that they create, humans understanding how they do it. Uh, in your present now moments, uh, really cleaning up how it is that you emanate because you know that it matters, you see. And right now, many will say, well, there's a lot of bad stuff happening here. You can't deny that. And we would say, there's a lot of bad thoughts coming out of people. We wouldn't deny that, you see. But as that changes, as people have this new found understanding and awareness of how they create by emanating, by what it is that they feel, and that they don't need to be perfect, that they just need to know this. They need to know that they are the divine, that they aren't just the human tool that they are using to experience their experience. They can implement this high part of themselves in union with the tool, yes? And mm -hmm. so this is how we would explain to you this new paradigm that is coming is it's going to just, uh, we've used this before too, but we like it, so we're going to use it again. It's kind of like when you went through puberty. You didn't decide one day to, to wake up and get attracted to, to an, another sex or that you were going to have a baby or that you were somehow changed. It was this very gradual um, process where you, it unfolded and all of a sudden you turned around and you thought, well, how did that happen? How did I become a man or how did I become a woman? And we would tell you that the shift in consciousness is going to be much the same. And quite honestly, a lot of people don't believe it, but this is how puberty happens too. It's a shift in consciousness more than it is anything else, you see. So we want to tell you that uh, this is going to happen. Uh, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to worry. You don't have to condemn or uh, feel as though you're going to be left behind as some of uh, taught you in your religions, uh, we say, why are we here? Kind of to debunk some of that stuff. We're going to tell you that it's quite honestly not true. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Uh, this is not a wrathful, uh, 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 condemning God that is uh, going to come after all of you heathens that have not uh, gotten on the spiritual path. That is not how it is, you see. And so w why are we here? We are here to let you know that you are worthy, that the minute that you have drawn a breath as a human, you've done enough, that you are not expected to be perfect, that if you can align to the love of self, that you can uh, align to your divinity. And through that divinity, you will become exactly in everything what it is that you were striving to become as a human and were not able to accomplish. I get asked all the time uh, that people who are on the spiritual path or have, or have discovered some new information or level of consciousness that they want to share with loved ones. Mm -hmm. And many times those loved ones are not ready or yes. willing to hear this. Can you explain to people what they can and cannot do in regarding yes. to awakening family and yes. friends to whatever ideas or consciousness they have experienced. 
Absolutely. Uh, this is a good question because it, Robin is laughing a little bit uh, to herself in the background because she remembers when uh, she first became interested in this. And she had some very uh, close friends who are still friends now to this day and actually know what it is that she does. But she felt as though she was so excited, so exuberant by the things that she was learning that were resonating with her that she really wanted to tell some of the people about it, only to be met uh <laughs> with a closed door huh? or not interested, yes, or thought she was crazy, you see. So uh, the best advice that we can give you, and Robin actually spoke about it earlier in the interview when you asked if she had been outed uh, to the public, and she said, I don't go around pushing it or telling people. Uh, and further, we would like to say that the uh, level of uh, openness in the energy centers in a human will be what is the determining factor on whether or not they can actually hold this information or they are ready for it, you see. So it isn't that they are denying you. It isn't that they are, like you would think, stupid or don't understand something that you understand. This is not what it is at all. And it may not be their life path or their mission in this life to uh, accomplish uh, an opening of their energy centers. But what will happen is uh, those that are uh, interested will automatically uh, fall to you. They will come to you. And it is not your job to go around uh, selling anyone or pushing something onto someone that perhaps is not looking for it. And actually, this can be a deterrent. Uh, what Robin has learned now is uh, by her not talking about it at all with even some of her very close friends who know about it, they are more inquisitive. They are more wanting to know uh, what is going on. How is your book going? Uh, how many sessions are you doing? What is it that you are up to, you see? And so uh, it is more uh, the old saying that the human uses. You can uh, catch uh, flies with honey, is it? Yes, uh, rather than vinegar. So uh, this is our response to that. We are, we would highly recommend that it is not something to be pushed uh, upon another. There are plenty of people who are interested, who will be drawn to you through your interest. And it is not necessary for you to uh, go around uh, pushing this on to anyone, you see. And Athena, do you have any final words for the audience? Uh, we have enjoyed this interaction uh, more than words can say. We are knowing that uh, the upcoming dimension, the, the fifth dimension, which has been talked about uh, in many of our other prior recordings, is going to be a time of people coming into the realization of the power that they are. And as this happens, your consciousness will expand and you will want to learn more and more and more, and you will be given more opportunities to grow and to grow. And it is going to be a very rewarding uh, and wonderful time for humans when they come to this understanding that they are a God and that they can create the lives that they want to have and that nobody's lucky and that there are no victims. There's no bad things happening. There's just you emanating for you, you see. Thank you so much, Athena. I really appreciate this conversation as well. Thank you. Hi, Alex. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing good. Did you remember all of that? Do you remember the entire conversation? Or you know, not? It, it, not really. I mean, it's kind of like a dream. I, I can kind of hear it going by my head, but, you know, at the, at the moment that it happens, but afterwards, I very little um, remembrance of it. I would say the first couple of sessions that I did, uh, I had a couple where maybe someone really had a hardship, like a child die or, you know, something really uh, that got me, you know, and I remember saying, I don't want to feel this anymore. If this is how it's going to be, you know, I don't want to be taking that on. And that's when I really noticed the uptick of not um, hearing much of anything 
anymore during the sessions, which is really fine by me. Mm -hmm. So uh, that that has helped a lot. And what I've really noticed is the minute I make a request of that's not working for me or that didn't feel very good, I don't get it anymore. It just kind of goes away. So whatever is going on is very much wanting to work in accord with me. It doesn't mm -hmm. want to cause me any hardship or discomfort or, you know, there's nothing that I am forced to do or that I have happened that I can't stop from happening. Let's just say that. So when you go back, so this will be a, a joy for you to go back and watch this for, for, as a new viewer. When Absolutely. <laughs> when I watch it, I'm just like a person watching it for the first time and think, oh, wow, that was, that was okay, you know? So yeah, it is, it's kind of exciting that um, to listen back to it. And it's, it's just a, I don't know, I guess the one thing I would say to anybody is I'm just a regular person. And for me to have this happen is sure. just astounding, even to me. And <laughs> I you know, don't really know how to explain it. It just just is, I guess. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's very interesting, and I've, I've I've said this so many times before. People always ask me about channels because they're curious. They're curious, and yeah. channels are becoming a little bit more mainstream than they mm -hmm. were even a few years ago. And they always ask, like, do you think it's real? Do they think they're faking it? And I go, one or I always say the same thing. What are they saying? Does it resonate with you? If it does, great. If it doesn't, move on. Secondly, yes. if you think you're going to get super rich by being a channel or being an author, mm -hmm. uh, you've got another thing going because I, I understand what, it, <laughs> unless your last name is King or Rowling yes. or Patterson, you don't make money in books, generally speaking. Right, right. You're and more then, of a door opener, kind of. Right, exactly. And then third is just putting yourself out there as a channel, not the coolest thing in the world to do. No. A lot of, you're, you're really exposing yourself to, a lot of arrows and, and yeah. rocks to be thrown at you. So, I, you know, when people say that, I just try to say what I just said because it kind of put things into perspective because people, oh, they're they're making money with a book or, oh, they just want this or that. I'm like, you don't understand what it's like to yeah. put yourself Well, you know, they, they either love it or they think you're crazy. It's, there's no in between, you know? So that's kind of what you're dealing with. And I don't know how to really explain it. And I sometimes feel like, that I got this because I couldn't be a more like regular person. Like I'm not into fairies. I'm not into, you know, all the crystals or all, I'm not into any of that stuff. And, and even like before I channel, I don't surround myself in the white light. I don't do any of that stuff. I just do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like for me anyway, that I can't help but thinking that this whole group or for whatever reason, it is really kind of a down to earth, just get back to basics kind of thing where, you know, and that's the only way I can explain it. <laughs> just I'm just a regular person, I guess what I'm trying to say. Let's just get to it. Exactly. Listen. Yeah. So you weren't very new agey is what you're saying. No, I mean, I mean, I liked reading about channeling and I was very interested in, you know, chakras and there was kind of a natural knowing that those things exist. So I, I, I but you know how some people can get like, where spirituality can become like another egoic thing. Oh, like a, I'm the most spiritual. I'm much more spiritual than you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Where, no, you know, so that I've seen that before where, where it can take on, it's another way the ego gets around you in the name of spirituality. Basically. Oh, it's a trap. It's another trap. Yeah, Absolutely. It's like another when, trap. Yeah. That's yeah. When, you, when you identify so much with it to the point where, it's everything and all about you and every, it, it, it could definitely, I've seen it too. Believe me, I've seen it too. 
But then when you meet a real master who is not that at mm. all, you go, oh, okay, that's what it's supposed to be like. Like when you when, right. you, when you read autobiography of a yogi or 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 these kind of these kind of books, you just go or meet these people, you're just like, oh, okay, it's just not right. <laughs> this is not yeah, ego. they're not attached at all. Yeah, sometimes not attached at all. Like yeah. they are just, they are somewhere else almost all the time. Right, right. <laughs> it's really more remarkable. Now I'm going to ask you a few questions, ask all my guests. What is your definition of living a good life? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. A good life. I've, I feel like I've really lived a good life. I, I loved being a mother. I loved working in my business, our family business with my husband so I could be home with my kids. And I actually love what I'm doing right now, even if somebody might find it kind of crazy. I love helping people. It's something I've always done anyway. It's really my passion. Mm -hmm. So I, I just couldn't live a better life than the one I'm living. I mean, sometimes I say, well, it could have happened sooner. But then I think, oh, I don't know. You know, I, I was still, I was busy with my kids till they got married and they married later, you know, and they were the most important thing in my life. So for me, uh, it's just, everything's really unraveled pretty perfectly. And I've had a good life. Uh, how do you define God? Um, it's everything that feels good. And what is the ultimate purpose of life? Expansion, just growing, becoming more. And where can people find out more about you and your new book? Um, well, I got a copy here. Mm -hmm. It's going to be uh, on Amazon on March 21st. It will be released. Uh, it's called Choose Your Universe, An Exercise in Freedom. And I have a website, www.athenaintruth.com. And I do private sessions there. I have a YouTube under the same name and a podcast that is pretty regular. Not right now while I'm on vacation, but <laughs> pretty regular. And um I think those are the only three places. And uh, do you have any final messages for the audience? Um, just give up the idea that you got to be perfect. That's what I had yeah. to do. Some people think even now, because of what I'm doing, they think, oh, she must have it all figured out. No, I don't. <laughs> Not, <laughs> no, while we're I don't. Here. Not while we're down here, we don't. <laughs> I mean, when they come in, they can figure some stuff out, but I'm not figuring everything out. So I think that's the biggest thing uh, that makes me smile in all of this is so many years of thinking that somehow I was going to just eradicate any type of negative behavior or thoughts from myself. And that's just never going to happen. And it's okay. Robin, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you for the, the work you're doing to, to awaken the world and, and help the world. So I appreciate you, my dear. Thank you, Alex. I really appreciate it. I want to thank Robin so much for coming on the show and sharing her gift with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 232. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.